Assalamu alaikum and welcome to our 53rd episode of ABC Islam and our 17th episode of our new series Islamically Independent. We are two Muslim sisters talking about the ABCs of Islam all the way to XYZ. Today we're going to be talking about a very important topic and that is about Muslim identity crisis. So obviously you may know that there are some people who are turning, for example, their names from Muhammad to Mo or they are acting somewhat non-Muslim just to fit into this Western society. So we're going to be answering the questions about why is it hard to maintain your religion nowadays? What does Islam say about being a Muslim and really just kind of trying to stay out of this Western society and be the odd one out? And also how to have a balance between a Muslim and a citizen of the society. So this is hopefully going to be quite a beneficial but relevant topic because I feel like all of us have been in that phase where we kind of need to find that balance between being a Muslim but also fitting into the society. But over here, I have my Muslim sister. How are you today? Alhamdulillah, I'm good. What about you? Alhamdulillah, I'm pretty good too. And if you'd like to know more about us, please check out our trailer or alternatively the description box below. But today we're going to be going on to this very important topic about Muslim identity crisis. So as you said, it's like, for example, just trying to fit in, fitting into the Western society and really trying to hide your Muslim identity. So the first question that I would like to ask my sister is, why is it hard to maintain your religion nowadays? I think this is such a good question, especially because one of the most important videos that I see every other Muslim channel making is about Muslim identity crisis, what challenges the youth face. And one of the most common ones that I've always heard is the fact that Muslims always try to hide their identity as Muslims and they try to change the name from Muhammad to Mo, for example. Um, that makes it very, um, that made me always question why. And I think I found some answers for that. So the first one is because of judgments. Of course, we fear judgments as um, as everyone in social creatures so whenever we might be going on the streets and we see a non-muslim looking at us because we're wearing our hijab or a niqab or a thobe or uh, we have a beard or something like that we fear that oh they might be misjudging me and like you know they might be thinking i'm some kind of a terrorist or something so judgments are definitely one of the reasons why muslims nowadays are thinking that you know what i'm just gonna hide it so that people will accept me secondly of course because they fear of being called an extremist for example if i'm in a group of um friends and then one of them and I remind one of them maybe like oh let let's go and pray Salana because it's time to pray Asr or something and then one of them might be like oh look at this Haram police look at this look at this Halal one like always trying to pray and always trying to please Allah please we don't do that like you so the fear of being called an extremist or somehow called a Haram police might Put, put off people to actually practice the Islam um, publicly. And the third one, of course, because of fear of missing out. Because as you know, on social media, everybody is like living off their life. And you think that, you know what, they're not, they're, they pretend to be called Muslim, but they're actually living a lifestyle that is not really like that. So you might be thinking, you know what, I want to live like that as well. So that might be some of the reasons why. Yeah, definitely. I think that if I had to say one experience about myself, that is that, when I, f uh, when I first kind of stopped listening to music, I remember that, you know, there were actually a few, like a girl, uh, uh, specifically a girl, and she was actually Muslim herself, but she was actually judging me because I don't listen to music. And again, you can see that it doesn't only happen with non-Muslims. It's not only non-Muslims who are telling you not to go to the mosque or things like that. It can actually be your own ummah themselves who basically are discouraging you from practicing your religion. And I think, that, you know what, I think 
having a Muslim identity crisis is actually very normal but at the same time it is something that you can actually change um so for me I think that it's quite hard to maintain your religion nowadays because number one obviously due to this western society that we live in especially we don't live in a a Muslim majority country then you will see that there are mostly people who are basically acting in a different way because they either don't believe in Islam or because they don't have enough knowledge about Islam and that's my second point that if you don't have enough knowledge about the religion then you are also going to be more tempted by the shaitan you're going to be more likely to basically just follow what the society and the things in front of you in this uh, dunya that that's where you're going to be tempted to basically follow instead of the akhirah and where it says in the quran and the hadith and I think definitely if you don't have enough knowledge and if someone calls you a haram police and you don't really have any enough knowledge about yourself, then you wouldn't know how to respond. So if you want to know how to respond, if you know how to defend yourself and know exactly what to say according to Islam, then that will actually make you um, stand out more and it will make you feel discouraged from practicing the religion and openly. And the last reason why I think it is hard to maintain your religion nowadays is because there's definitely more access to opportunities if you for example don't wear the hijab or if you don't have a full thick beard as a muslim or you're not openly showing your identity as a muslim because there are there have been cases where even parents of their own children tell the children to take off the hijab or you know trim off their beard just because you know their job might not accept them and you know what that is actually pretty sad but also it's completely normal and i think that if you actually can solve this it should be something that you should try to solve Definitely. And I think we have seen many hijabis who used to be hijabis and now they've taken off. And now we see how many opportunities they're getting from brands that might be Islamophobic and now they're promoting them and stuff like that. So that definitely shows that once you remove your Muslim identity, more opportunities definitely come up. But obviously, this is an ABC Islam podcast. So we have to talk about what does Islam say about being a Muslim? So we're going to be discussing, uh, I'm going to be discussing three verses from the Quran about what Islam says about being a Muslim because you know what, we are in the religion that is very beautiful, it is Islam and we have to embrace it and you know, I know it's very hard, like we both are young Muslims ourselves so we know how it feels, we live in London and we see that there are so many different types of people of different races, cultures and religions and you know it can be hard to sometimes just show your identity as a Muslim but the three verses that I have from the Quran is actually the first one is well this is actually together this is from um, chapter 2 verse 6 and I quote surely those who disbelieve it uh, disbelieve is being alike to them whether you warn them or do not warn them will not believe end quote so obviously you need to show this shows that the disbelievers are you might be following or the hypocrites let's be honest you might be following they actually you know they it's because Allah has already planned that they're not going to be able to understand the religion uh, unless they actually put the effort in so if Allah has already planned that they're not gonna follow the religion properly then that's none of your business you should be focusing on yourself and unless you can actually help them and the second thing is, um, this is also from the same chapter, chapter 2, and this is verse 7, so the next verse, and I quote, Allah has set a seal upon their hearts and upon their hearing, and there is a covering over their eyes, and there is a great punishment over them, end quote. So you can see that those people, those hypocrites or those disbelievers, they basically have been planned by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they will not be able to become a Muslim. And you know what? That is actually quite a shame because, you know, they are not, 
being able to have this blessing of being a Muslim in this world and we should be very grateful to be Muslim and it's quite sad nowadays that you know what more converts and reverts are the ones who are becoming more religious and the people who have been born as Muslims even though the people who have been born Muslims they have had all the facilities of being a Muslim but actually now the converts and the reverts are the ones who are being more religious so if that is not already an warning sign that you know the ummah is kind of you know going down then what what other sign do you need and the last verse that i got from chapter 67 verse 2 and i quote allah is he who created death and life to test you as to which of you is best in de- best of deeds and quote so this basically shows to us that allah is the one who has created life and death and you know what you might think right now that all these worldly things are going to help you of course there's nothing wrong to you know want worldly things and work hard for them but they're not everything in this world and they're not like what you have to die for and you know allah in the end of the day allah has created that we are going to be dying one day so you know you might think that oh let me just follow susan and let me just basically you know do exactly the same things as her go to the shisha lounge and do shisha because you know but actually let's be honest she's going to die one day you're going to die one day so you know it, allah has already planned it for you Definitely, and about Susan, we already know that you know. F- instead of following Susan, follow Sumeya because that's better. <laughs> we're just saying, uh. But obviously, I think one of the reasons why also people think that you know what I'm gonna leave Islam or I'm gonna hide my identity because they forget this particular verse from the Quran, and I quote, um. and he is with you wherever you are and this is in Quran chapter 57 verse number 4 because people think that you know what who's going to protect me when i'm going to be going through maybe a place where there might be like you know a lot of non-muslims and stuff and what if they attack me so i have to like in a certain way just hide my identity like take off my hijab for example if you're going to a job where you know majority of the people are white non-muslims and stuff like that then you might be tempted to feel like you know what, i want to hide my identity a little bit as a muslim so I'm going to take off my hijab but we always forget that actually Allah is the one who protects us everywhere where we go so please do not compromise your religion over anything um of this worldly life because it's not really worth it the second one that i found in quran chapter 49 verse number 13 and i quote verily the most honored of you in the sight of Allah is he who is the most righteous of you and Allah has full knowledge and is well acquired with all things and quote and this basically clearly shows that if we are going to give up something in this world because we want to please Allah that's going to be something which is unexplainable and unimaginable reward in the hereafter because you never know just because that interview for example said that boss might have said to you like you know what actually we, we might not allow, actually allow you to pray um zuhur or whatever we might not allow you to pray actually in this job and you know you wanted this job so badly because you knew that it's so competitive that don't accept everyone but at the end he just said okay fine i'm not i'm i'm not going to do this job because you know what you're not respecting who i am as as a person as a human being and you never know what that no might turn into a really big yes in this life or in the hereafter um that could be um you might be thinking you know what my life is now gone because now i don't know what to do because this job is was it but remember allah is the one who watches everything and he's the one who protects you so whatever you might be going through right now because you might be thinking is because of your muslim identity just remember that everything is planned by allah and everything will come good in the hereafter and also in the future of this world inshallah 
And the last one I wanted to say, of course, is the fact that in Quran, in Atoba and verse number uh, 51, it says, and I quote, he's our protector, end quote. This is another one which I think everyone forgets, as I mentioned before, is that we think that we're not being watched by Allah wherever we are going, whatever we are doing. And that's a very big misconception, especially when we are sinning because we think that, you know what, nobody's around me. I can do this by myself. But Allah is watching us everywhere where we're doing, whatever we're doing. So please remember that um, if you think that Allah is not watching, that's like a very big misconception. And we should always be proud of who we are as Muslims. And we should not be compromising our religion for a small group of people in society and try to please them and make them happy because you know what if you make them happy you're gonna make Allah unhappy and you don't want that as a Muslim so this brings us to our very last question of this podcast episode and that is how to basically balance being a human being being a citizen of society and following the rules of society the state the government but at the same time being a Muslim so what would you recommend to our young Muslim listeners well, definitely. I think that, you know, it can be quite hard because, you know, you're in this um society where, you know, especially because there's now, you know, it's quite weird because everything's about liberalism now. Like, you know, we're also liberal, yet there is still Islamophobia, even though everyone's supposed to have a difference of opinion, even though everyone has freedom of speech, yet Muslims are still being discriminated. I think that's quite you know, biased, because if everyone is supposed to be a liberal, then why can't Muslims openly practice their religion? And in some countries, it's so bad that Muslims can't even do that anymore. So my tips would be to you for you, if you want to actually balance your life between a Muslim and a citizen of the society, I know it can be hard if you live in a country, especially where there is a lot of Islamophobia. But I think that my first tip would be is to definitely speak the truth and work for justice. And a great example, a great example of this is basically um, this uh, man you might know. He's actually like a YouTuber and he also does debates and things like that. And his name is Mohammed Hijab. And basically, he actually once did a debate in Speaker's Corner, literally with the policeman, because the policeman was actually restricting one person or one Muslim to actually pray in the park when actually you're allowed to pray in the park um, in that specific park that he was talking about. And Mohammed Hijab, instead of, you know, being scared of the police, because, you know, the police actually has authority to, you know, um, you know, prison him, imprison him or to give him a fine or anything like that, because Mohammed Hijab knew that he was speaking the truth and and he was working for justice, he still went up to the policeman and basically, you know, really talked about how this is actually allowed, you're allowed to pray in that specific park. So, you know, if you know that you're speaking the truth, and if you know they're abiding by the law, and if you know that, you know, it is allowed in Islam, then you should be able to say out loud without being too scared. And of course, he said it in a very respectful manner, don't take me wrong, you didn't go and beat up the policeman or anything, we're not advising that. But you know, just make sure you're very nice and kind. And and the second thing that I would say is to definitely remember that Allah decides your opportunities. So again, just like my sister said, you might just have missed that job that you really wanted to go to. And just because it said you're not allowed to pray salah or because it said, oh, you have to take off your hijab if you want to work in this job. And if you are actually in that situation but you reject the opportunity because of the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then 
Allah will give you something better in return. It's like imagine if you just gave up a job because of the person restricting you and later on you start creating your own business and you became your own boss. Like imagine if that happened and you don't need to take the own, your own hijab off because you are the own boss. So that would actually be like, oh wow. Like So that's why you need to make sure that Allah is the best of planners, just like my sister said, and he is the one who will give you the opportunities when is the right time. And the last thing is to definitely make sure that you do care for your community and give da'wah. So if you feel like you're the only one in your year or your school or your community that's like, you know, trying to be religious or trying to basically you know, talk about Islam and openly practice your religion, then don't feel afraid to basically go and tell people about Dawah, of course, in a very nice way. Don't go and like, you know, put it on the face or anything, but just make sure you're very nice and you give Dawah, whether it's by having an Instagram page or whether it's by making a document and then handing it out to people in your school or whether it's by trying to, you know, maybe petition to your head teacher and ask them if they, if you can have more events about Islam, but just make sure that you do encourage others. Definitely. And I think those were really nice tips. But if I had like, if I had to add anything extra to these tips, I think one of the things that makes us get into this phase of Muslim identity crisis because of who we have as friends, who we call as friends um, in our friendship group and stuff. Because let's be honest, if I myself have five friends who like to go and party every Saturday night and every Friday night, and I think that, you know, um, uh, everything is uh, fine what they're doing and I feel like to join them as well some once in a while then guess what I'm gonna turn out to be like them one day and I'm gonna think that going to the party every Friday instead of going to Juma prayer then obviously I'm gonna find that normal and then I'm gonna end up becoming like them so definitely people who you have around you makes a, a lot of a difference in your iman and please choose those people who are gonna uplift your iman instead of putting it down the second thing that I would say is that do not go to things or do not do things or go places where your iman is going to get questioned as i mentioned before for example with the example of going to a club every night every uh, friday night or something um don't just go there thinking that you know what this club thing is not gonna affect me like i'm gonna just have orange juice there it's fine um nothing is gonna i'm never gonna order that vodka or wine or alcohol or red wine whatever it is i'm not gonna order that because i know i'm a muslim i know i can control myself but guess so you yourself one year later you're gonna be ordering the vodka before anybody else and you wouldn't even know how that happened so please do not do things or go to places where your iman is going to get questioned and the same goes for i think the best example is shisha lounges for example if let's say your friend goes and you're just sitting there doing nothing and watching her or him doing it you you might be thinking oh that's so disgusting but one year later you're gonna think that's so cool i'm gonna do it now i'm doing it myself now with my friend more than my friend actually so please don't do those things and of course the last thing that i would say is that be proud of who you are as a human being as a citizen society but also as a muslim because allah chose you to be a muslim because he could have made you anything in this life he could have made you a fan he could have made you an aunt he could have made you uh, a tree or any other thing but he chose to be made you a muslim like he could have made you anything he could have made you 
a homeless man who is misguided or he could have made you um, a child who's malnourished. He could have made you um, in any other place, but he chose to make you in a certain way. He chose you to be a Muslim, to be born a Muslim. And if you're, less, and if you're a convert, he guided you to Islam because he could have just left you to those paths where, you know, people are drinking and dying because they don't care about their life. They have no purpose, but he did. So please, please, please be proud of that. Definitely. I think that that is actually a very important message. And so the next time someone or one of your friends tells you that, come on, mate, why are you listening to music? Like, you're just such an extremist and you're just so annoying. No, just make sure you remember that Islam is the right religion. And you need to remember that, you know, Allah will protect you and defend you. And one day, you know what? They might end up coming to Islam just because of the character that you showed to them and just because of how much patience you had with them. So just make sure you're doing what's right. But before you do that, make sure you have the knowledge about Islam yourself so you do not start doubting yourself when they are saying those things to you and you know exactly what to say. But um, I'm actually going to be ending with this um I, is this a Quranic verse? I'm, I think this is... Oh, it's actually Hadith from At-Tirmidhi. And I quote, The grave is either a garden from, a garden from the gardens of paradise um, and from the pits of hell. So, end quote. So, basically, this shows to us that your grave is either going to be from paradise or it's going to be from hell. It's very simple, yet you need to make sure that you do not get caught up in the in these fitna and tribulations in this world. But alhamdulillah, we have come to the end of our wonderful episode today. We really hope that inshallah you've learned something new. Also, if you do not know already, we upload every Monday and Wednesday for Islamically Independent Series here on ABC Islam. If you're excited... Please subscribe or follow us on our podcast platforms such as Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Most platforms are free and you don't even need to log on. Make sure to check out the description box below for some free gifts where you can follow the Instagram page at Ambassador of Islam and also contact us on abcislam100 at gmail.com. Jazakallah khair for listening. May Allah bless us all and we will inshallah see you next time. Assalamu alaikum.